Hey, thank you guys for joining us here at a moment of analysis of Cincinnati Bearcat football podcast. Uh, Matt Appar and I are back uh, after a little hiatus here. Uh, you know, um, you know, we've been through uh, championships and bowl game, well, playoff games. Uh, first, uh, quote unquote, G five team in the playoff. We experienced that. We experienced a little bit of disappointment <laughs> uh, from that said playoff game. Um, and we're here today to discuss kind of wrapping up, not necessarily wrapping up season, but just kind of going through the season, uh, understanding some new information we received, as well as talking about the new coaches that we uh, recently found out should be joining the team here soon. How are you, Matt? Doing well. You know, uh, it's this is always kind of a fascinating time for me. This is one of my – back in my blogging days, this was one of my favorite times of the year for football just because there's so much that is happening and it's so fluid. Um, you know, like at, at the head coaching level, that stuff is pretty much known. Like there's no, I mean, there's surprises obviously, but in terms of the level of kind of shakeup that you see at the assistant level is nothing is like far beyond head coaches. Like if you think head coaching, car- coaching carousel is crazy. Uh, I, I got to turn you on to assistant coaching carousel. Cause that, is nuts i mean you see guys take multiple jobs in a year all the time it's not like a once in a while thing it's a every single year thing i just you know i've, I've learned that recently i was funny thing about uh, me is uh, i was always just kind of a, i was interested in a game of football as far as you know playing on the field goes but when i you know got more interested in to cincinnati football the UC football game, that's when you start to recognize the assistant coach game because UC is, you know, known to for coach coaching changes. Like, you know, they have a good year and coaches go. So you have to start to pay attention to that when you become a fan of UC. Um, and it's, it's a wild, it's wild, wild ride just to be a part of this thing. Yeah, and like this isn't a new thing. Like this, right. this – um, in terms of like Cincinnati being kind of a launching pad for, for coaches, like that has been the case for a very long time. Like this goes back to the Minner days. Rick Minner hired tremendous staffs. Like if you go, like if you pull up a, uh, a media guide from like 1999, yeah, you're going to see three or four pro head coaches yeah. on there and a couple of SEC head coaches. Like it, it's, it's wild how long that this has kind of been going on. Um, so like as Cincinnati fans, this is not a new thing, but for anybody who's new to the bandwagon and has just kind of jumped on the last couple of years, like, you know, the, the people who have been through all this stuff, who have been fans, you know, going back to the BK days and before that, they have a lot more experience than you. So if they're not freaking out about something, it's for a reason. Like there's, there's always, you, you always got options in the coaching game just because this has become a place where you can get a really, like you can get a jump on your career. And there are a lot of guys who have come through this, this program in the last 20 years who have gone on to have a lot of success. No, no. And I'm with you. Uh, and I, you said Rick mentor. And I, I, I remember when uh, I've learned, you know, learned about him and you know I went kind of went over his coaching tree I kind of seen all the different coaches he had and I was like he has to be one of the top two 
maybe this top two had one of the top two uh coaching a trees in the game right like I, there's not too many coaches out here that has his legacy uh you know period that he even he introduced to the major football uh you know he had a really good eye for talent as far as coaching goes and and i believe that luke fickle has it as well he has i feel, feel like luke fickle has a really good eye for coaching talent uh and and so we are here uh today um first of all First thing we're going to talk about is the officer coordinator. So Mike Denbrock, as we all know, was the officer coordinator for the Bearcats from 2017 until this year. Uh, and many of us complained about his <laughs> play calling from 2017 until this year. Uh, and, and we received a bit of news um, that it was actually uh, Mike, no, Mike, good, ben, Gino Gadoogly calling the plays uh, this year, which was UC's best offensive output uh, since Fickle been here? It definitely since Fickle has been here, and I would argue it's the best offense since the 2009 group. It's it, For my money, it's a notch below that just because the consistency in terms of having explosive plays was just not there. Like right. last year's offense wasn't as good down to down as this group was. But last year's group was way more explosive, both in the running game and the passing game than this group was. No, absolutely. And, and you know, for me, that was the one thing that always frustrated me this year was the inconsistency, the lulls they would have on offense. The, the You know, they'll, they'll put up 21 points in three and a half minutes and then, and then just go two straight quarters with nothing. And it's like, you know, you know, the other team's not going to win now, so it's fine. But at the same time, it's like, this can be a problem if they go against different teams. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of was. <laughs> and- well, yeah, I mean, like, for the – for me, like, though – so, like, everybody wants to evaluate this season and this offense right. in, the, in the pros- – you know, in the prospect of what do they look like against Alabama. Right. Like – they look like everybody else looks like against Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. It's like if you don't, if you don't recruit at that level, year in year out, you need you need one or two things to happen. You need generational quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Multiple times to win a national title over Alabama. That, I'm, I'm talking about Clemson here. Yeah. The only team that's only team who's had any success against Alabama in the playoffs. Yeah, everybody else has a losing record. Because Alabama secondary has always been susceptible, but their front seven is always so good that the secondary usually don't matter for Alabama. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and it's just your margin for error when you're playing at that level is so much smaller. Like right. UC had an enormous margin for error in conference play, right? Because and we talked about it multiple times this year. Nobody could really lay a hand on them. Nobody could match their talent. Nobody could match their depth. Right. Um, so that having that kind of advantage in conference play, and you know, we were talking about it back in October. Like the thing that you worry about is bad habits, getting right. into bad habits, bad rhythms. And for a while, they were very susceptible to that. They had a really bad month in October. There, there's no mm. denying that. They played very well down the stretch in November, which they usually do. But 
you know, those lulls and those inconsistent periods um, came back to bite them. And like when you, when you're playing against Alabama and you're playing at that level, you got to make plays in that game. They didn't make plays the rest of the season. They did. So it's like, did you lose to Alabama because your process was bad or did you lose to Alabama because you didn't make plays that you made all year? Little yes. column A, little column B. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, I will say this. Um, and, and this is when we learned that Gina was calling the plays, there was a time during the season things would happen and I'll be like, I know Denbrock is relatively like, I know Denbrock's not like a super seasoned officer coordinator, but he's been around long enough for this not to happen this often. And, but I'm like, maybe he's just, maybe he just, it just didn't grow. Maybe he just didn't evolve the way we thought he should have. Right. And so, yes, I was part of the people like, okay, I, I finally give in Denbrock. Okay. But but it's one of those things where Gino won two things. You know, his hands could have been tied because we don't know if he's using his own playbook. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Most likely he wasn't. Uh, and then two, he is a new play caller. Like So there, it, it was kind of like, the truth of the matter is, I would say that the talent did kind of overcome some of Gino's faults in play calling this year because he was probably making rookie mistakes and, you know, here and there. Uh, for instance, even against Alabama, I seen some rookie mistake, right? Like not, not say anything, but it's just, is you can't, there's certain things you can't ways. You can't call a game, right? His game plan would have been masterful if Alabama would have gave into it, right? <laughs> if Alabama would have just let him have his game plan, it would have been wonderful, but he had open receivers, uh, you know, the, the honestly, I would say our receivers was could have got open against their DBs. Our receiver talent was good enough against their DBs. Yeah. Our, our O-line talent isn't no. good enough. That, <laughs> was it good enough? That's, that's different. Disc- like, yeah, there is no play in the playbook for, right. oh, shit, I don't have anybody who can block Will Anderson. It's running nothing six, in the book for that. 6'4", 250, runs a 4'4", four, four, something crazy. And can jump 39 inches, you know. And, and, <laughs> you know, Dylan O'Quinn, God bless him. Right. He, he, he gave it a go. You know, Tunstall gave it a go. But He like, did halfway they, almost decent sometimes. Like, they just <laughs> didn't have an answer for the depth of Alabama up front. And, like, yeah. that was – I know we didn't pod before um, the game, but, like, that was my concern. Like, right. the question is, can you block them? If right. you can block them, I like some of the matchups that you can get on the back end against that secondary. Yeah. You know, that's still a young defense. Um, yeah, I, I I like you know Wiley and, and Taylor over the middle against those linebackers. Those linebackers yeah. aren't good in coverage. Toa yeah. Toa is not a good coverage guy. Great blitzing, great in the run fit, not a great cover guy. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of how they scheme and build their defense. I mean, there's a reason why Georgia absolutely torched them in the SEC title game with their tight ends. Yeah. Because they don't really have those matchups. And, you know, did UC do a good job of attacking those matchups where they could have them? It's it's really impossible to make a determination because right. they could not block them. Right. If you cannot block them, like I just put in the stats the, the other day, finally, um, in, into my big fancy spreadsheet, they allowed pressure on like 33% of dropbacks. Which That's not a winning 
formula. That's not going to go well. So it's like, you know, is, is this year is so Gino's calling the plays. Did he build the book? No. Is this his offense? No. So I, I'm not really going to hold that against them. Right. To the same extent, though, like it was a really good offense. Like I said, it was one of the best offenses in school history, probably top five easily. For me, it's the second best. Um, but like I said, like there are when you play at the top end of the sport, like there are problems that you're going to encounter that you don't really get a good rep for playing in the conference that you played in. Absolutely. Um, you see the, the fact that the score was only 28 to six people will complain about the defense, but that, that is truly like, you know, you look at that and be like, I got to give defense props for holding them to only <laughs> the holding them to only 28 points in that type of, and 33% pressure on the quarterback. And, and, and then at the, the defense, that defense comes in and still holds them to only 28 points. If you look at that, that game should have probably been two touchdowns worse. Uh, and, 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 but real quick offense, I'm going to switch back to defense. The one thing I am complaining about, especially um, with Geno play calling is not feeding for the ball more. Uh, he was being, he was actually successful. One of the few backs success who were successful against Alabama's defense, which tells you Alabama was very, Alabama was more worried about the pass than they were for about the run for some reason. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't think that's right. I, I think it's more right. that it, it's that you see schemed up and gamed up a couple of really good runs mm-hmm. to hit them in specific situations but it's not like they ran, I think, 18 times. I right. think is all they ran. So they ran on like 40% of their stats. Yeah, he had like 5.4 yards. He had, or something like yeah, that. he had a really good success rate. Like that, yeah. that was the best rushing success rate Alabama's allowed all season. Yeah. I mean, they were they were better against the run against Georgia than they were against us both times. Um, but like, but that's more, like I said, they hit them in a couple of spots, but that's not right. something where if you feed forward, 25 carries you're going to get the same result the 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 law of diminishing returns is going to come in there at some point just because you're playing against fucking alabama but there's two but then i look at there's two sides to that right like there was two times that ford if he would have just got past the arm tackle uh or something right it could have been a 30-yard game right i mean you're going against alabama i get it but we're also talking about ford who well yeah but brian robinson broke all the arm tackles Brian Robinson's like, also 230 pounds, well, something insane. But <laughs> I I like I thought they played the run. We'll get back to the offense. I just want oh, to make this point real quick. No, no. <laughs> I thought they played the run really well in terms of mm-hmm. getting fits, getting guys in the right spot. They right. just could not tackle Brian Robinson. No, they couldn't. Even with the 250-pound linebacker, which is interesting. And in say, but although, although uh uh who goodness. You know I'm talking about the linebacker, uh, the Blanco, the other one. My brain, Beavers. Beavers. There we go. Even though Beavers did get a couple of good fits on on Robinson and stopped them, Beavers was the one, most successful person against Robinson. Well, yeah, because he's like he can match him physically in terms of um, speed and power. Like the right. Blanco's got a lot of he's got a lot of thud to him, right? But he's not his force does not equal his force, if you know what I mean. And they had to. Ten- they did kind of run away from Beavers a little bit. 
the, the end the game as well. Like they they went more to the other side when they ran away from be wherever Beavers was. They kind of ran away from him. Well, yeah, um, because they hate their right guard and right tackle. <laughs> they know they're not good, right. so they don't run to them. You know who they do run behind? Their consensus All American left tackle. Yeah, that's true. Which is, which is where the Blanco lines up. Right. That is. But but you know uh, the but the but. But, you know, I feel like the offense – okay, so Alabama had this game plan where they just going to knock down all Ritter's passes. I, it was insane. Um, I don't know what they seen with Ritter's throwing motion that they knew, like <laughs> – but it was just somebody – every t- like the receiver will be open. Ritter will see the receiver, and he'll throw the ball, and everybody like, oh, this is going to be a catch, and then the ball get knocked down. It's like, oh, wow, okay, they did it again. It was an interesting situation. <laughs> well – Okay, I don't want to spend all this podcast on the Alabama. I know, I know, I'm not, I know. But, like, so Nick Saban has this defensive line consultant that mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of him. He lives in Florida. Nick calls him in twice a year, right? Usually before the bowl game or the mm-hmm. playoff, if they're in the playoffs, um, or if he's having a particular problem with his defense. And, yeah. and like, this is a consultant, so he can't deal with players, but he coaches the coaches. Right. So I guarantee you they're looking at film doing the exact calculus that Gino Gadulli was doing. Cause I, like there's a reason why there was no five-step play action, deep shots, none of that. They did not have time. Right. If you know, you don't have time and the defensive line knows you don't have time that they, that really narrows down what you can do. It's like, okay, so it's going to be quick and the ball got to come out quick. So what are we doing? Well, we're gonna rush, but not really. We're just gonna play the quarterback's eyes and get our hands up. Yeah, it's it's that's why Alabama is Alabama because they do shit like that because they are so well coached. And this is not a vintage Alabama team, but they are still the process. Like they are still the process. They are still the mm-hmm. standard. You know, Georgia might take that mantle from them. Maybe I, I have my doubts. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't think they really have any interest in actually modernizing that offense. And until <laughs> they do, they're just going to be like, you got to hit it exactly right. And it's really hard to thread that needle more than once. They want to be Alabama. They want to be the old Alabama all the time, forever. 2012 Alabama. Yeah. That's, you just want to live in that space. Uh, but no, the new coaches. So, you know, that was the Alabama game. It was, it was not fun to watch, but it was a learning opportunity. I believe it was a learning opportunity for everyone, including uh, uh, Gadoogly, who got the opportunity to learn from his mistakes, uh, hopefully uh, create his own playbook, you know, and be able to put his own things onto the uh, into in, into the team. Um, we yeah. also got the offensive line. And the those that's, that's a very important piece of this because right. – Ron Crook worked miracles in 2018 and 2019 yes. with the Island of Misfit Toys. Yes. Like Chris Ferguson was on the verge of kind of washing out of the program and going back to the Bahamas. Like he was not, he was a guy I was really intrigued about coming out of high school because, you know, that size, that quickness at defensive tackle when he was originally recruited, you know, I thought he could be like a Cortez Broughton figure before Cortez, but it didn't right. quite work out. Switched over to offensive line, kind of hung around for a little bit, and eventually caught on in those last couple of years and became a good contributor. Mm-hmm. Like 
those kind of stories kind of define the Ron Crook era. But it's like now, so, you know, when I think about coaches in terms of progressing a program, you know, like you have A to B coaches. Right. Who can get you out of the basement to respectable to good. Mm -hmm. But your A to B coach can't always go B to C. Yes. Because B to C is the hardest, it's the hardest, you know, rung to jump because you're going from being a very good program to an elite program. Right. So the standard has to get higher. And, and the offensive line, they had some really good games. They had some dominant games. They had some really inconsistent games. Yes. Um, so bringing in a guy who has turned multiple guys at Central Michigan into first-round picks, who did, did, did the same thing at UConn, had a first-round pick at UConn at yes. tackle. And so those like, UConn lines were annoying. Those UConn lines were really lines. good. Yes. Not fun to play. No, no. Uh, and, and this is where we come in, and you know, UC is looking to replace Ron Zook with Mike Cummings. Like you said, Central Michigan. He was with uh, Gadugli for three years, essentially Gadugli's mentor. Uh, you know, Gadugli was a grad assistant under him for two years, running back assistant under him one year. And then after that, that's when uh, Mike went to uh, UConn and was there for a few years uh, before, you know, going to VMI and then back to CMU. Um, now, the thing about I look at when I look at Mike Cummings, I'm surprised that he only went as far as UConn. It's almost like he didn't want to do anything else. And he gave you kind of try because he's like, I can be an offensive coordinator, right? <laughs> and they was like, eh, that didn't work out. I didn't like that. And went back to Central Michigan. Like, is uh, <laughs> who, who, who are you who are you being a coordinator for? Yeah. Is the question. That's true. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know, not everybody's you know, not everybody's like Luke. Yeah. Just let just let you go. Let yeah, you run your true. run your stuff. He might be frustrated and might, you know, grimace at some play calls here and there. But like, he's a very hands off boss. Um, so yeah, like, like you said, he brings a wealth of experience. He's yeah. in he's a tactician at offensive line. He is notorious for turning kind of unheralded recruits into really good tackle prospect. And like, you see, he's got guys on the roster who can do that. Like, yes. you know. You got you got Collinsworth, you got Ethan Green coming in. You know, heaven forbid if Mike Cummins could be the guy who figures Lorenz Mets out. Oh my word! Because, because if he be... can figure Mets out, if and he move can, back like, out the tackle and get him to yeah, get him to left tackle, oh, that man. solves a lot of problems. Yes. If he can actually get him to perform at the level that his athletic ability says that he should be able to perform, but it's not all like it's. It's not offensive line play is really weird because it is, especially at tackle, because that's like you you think you're in a boxing match and then you go out and you you're basically playing ballet. Right. Right. Because you have to cover so much ground on balance, you know, on time. You can't make missteps. You can't overset. If you overset, you're going to kill your quarterback. Like there is so much nuance and technique that goes into that. There's no way that Lorenz Metz, who just like wrecked shop as a defensive tackle in Germany because he's a mountain just running through people, 
has the tactical kind of awareness that you need to really succeed at the, at the tackle level. If he can unlock him at tackle, now you're cooking with gas. Now you got some things figured out. Because then you can move O'Quinn back inside, which is O'Quinn's best place to be. And O'Quinn's a monster on the inside. And, yeah. and, and you know, I will, I will look at it like um, the Met, Mets has a tendency to lunge a lot. That's one thing I can see. That's one of the biggest Mets was biggest problems when he played tackle was he lunged a lot and you cannot lunge as a tackle. He, he didn't um, play with he didn't play with balance. No, was he the biggest not. thing. Yeah, he um, he all he, like he wanted he wanted so badly for every pass play to be a run play. Yes, and like that is a great instinct to have, but it needs to be controlled and honed, mm-hmm. and because you can't at, at the when you're playing, when you're playing Arkansas next year, when you're playing Indiana, when you're playing teams with really good talent on the front, mm-hmm. you cannot have those kind of mental lapses and mistakes. So like there are, the bottom line is there are raw materials to work yeah. with yeah. that he is going to have that he did not have at Central Michigan. And like, no. he's going to turn out another first rounder this year. Maybe, well, probably first rounder, maybe round two, round three. First yeah, two he has some really good, and we're talking about Central Michigan here, folks. Like Central Michigan is, hmm. So, so Central Michigan, I would say Central Michigan is a half a notch below Toledo, as far as in most cases, most of the time. Um, yeah, because they can't recruit like Toledo right, does. Right, and so to be able to do that with that squad, like, but you're always gonna find your corn you know, your corn fed big, you know, body boys out, you know, uh, uh, in the cornfield somewhere, you got Michigan, Ohio, you know, Indiana around you. You can find somebody somewhere, you know, you can get somebody six, four, 290 pounds who hadn't done much in high school and figure and try to get them to learn how to play football. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's possible. So, you know, but the thing I noticed is with Ron Crook, which I think, Mike Cummings will be like uh will be good about is because you said when you said that some coaches are good at A and B and that's true. And the thing that and sometimes is Crooks is probably really good with the uh with with the relationship, right? And when you can get good with relationships, you can convince players to buy in and be willing to learn who already have some talent. Like the Misfit Toys had some talent already. They were just, they just came from different weird places to play football, <laughs> you know. And, and but they were yeah, all like, athletes. Yeah, yeah. I played hockey. I'm 29. Right. I'm really tall. I played basketball. Any yeah. any, any use? <laughs> any any use for me? I like I'm I'm big. Right. I'm athletic. I can move. I can you use that? And it's like sure. Uh, yeah. And like to Crook's eternal credit, yeah. he was able to take these guys and be like. Yeah. Yeah, I can figure something out. Yeah, like he could create a relationship, build a camaraderie, and they work together and they play together really well, which allowed, you know, which really showed their showed what they can do together as a unit. But individual uh, you know, um development lacked, you could tell to some extent. Um and, and you can even see it for me, like one thing I, I was really concerned about, honestly, is Renfro this year, right? He he didn't play terribly and he was hurt sometimes, but but there was times when Renfro flashed. We was like, okay, Renfro's taking a step. And then sometimes you're like, why did he get you blown back three yards? What is happening? There's some development that should happen that wasn't quite happening. Cooper was another one, right? Cooper was heralded. Like everybody, oh, Cooper's going to be really good. He got hurt. He came back. 
struggled. And then this year he was decent. But there was times you'd be like, what is Cooper doing? Like, what? Why is he? You know, there was some development issues you could see, like, they're not taking the step they should. And it's almost like if you give him, if you gave Ron some players that that just kind of came out of nowhere, he figured something out. If you gave him actual linemen who play line, who know what they're doing, then it's kind of like, okay, so what do we do with this? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and like, it's a matter of, like offensive line is the most technical right. position bar not like mm-hmm. some people would argue cornerback or quarterback, but I think like getting five guys to act as one unit mm-hmm. is immensely underrated in terms of the complexity of what that is. Right. No, like it's, it's speed chess with 300 pounders. Okay. All right. Like it's, it's a lot of like the, the processing, there's just a lot of it and a lot that has to get done. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, Renfro was first team all conference center. I think that was earned. Yeah. Um, the only guy who really, to my mind, was at kind of a similar level was Matthew Lee. And I don't even think he was um, from UCF. I don't even think he got uh, the second team spot on the all conference teams, but I have to look back at that. No, I do believe he was earned. I agree with you. I agree with you. But like to your point, like there, the next step, there is a clear next step that can be taken with the, this offensive line. Like, right. and you know, everybody's coming back. The strength of this team is going to be the offensive line, especially the interior of the offensive line next year. But if you get, you got to get tackle sorted out. If you don't yes. get tackle sorted out, Arkansas is a really they got they got some dudes. Gonna be, that's, gonna, they, that's a tough ask. God, I watched Arkansas and yes, yes, they weren't as good. Like they were good, but they 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 weren't Alabama. They were not Georgia. But when I watched them boys, they were big. They were them boys. Them boys whomp. <laughs> yes. to, 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 to quote Spencer Hall, the boys just whomp. They yes. just love to whomp dudes. Yes, they just go whomp 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 all game long. That's what they do. Like especially on that defensive line. So like that is. Yeah, you know, like you you have, I think they have the tools in terms of, you know, talent on the roster that they can figure out how to get more effective production yes. out of the tackle spots. Whether that Tunstall get taking a big leap because yeah. I don't think he was very good this year. No, um, but he was better than anybody else that they had available at the time. He 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 made better <laughs> decisions than John yes. Williams did. Yes, yes. Um, which is disappointing for an engineer, but it is what it is. Uh. But yeah, like they got, they have people on the roster who can theoretically fix the issues that they have in terms of protecting yeah. Evan Prater or Ben Bryant, whoever it ends up being. I think it's going to be Evan, but we'll see. Uh, I'm with you. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but like, it, it's just a matter of whether or not they can get it done or whether they need to, you mm-hmm. know, snag somebody out of the transfer portal. And, and like, good quality offensive tackles. Do not get in the portal unless there's a reason. Yes. Yes. It's like if they are any good at all, they're not in the portal. You know why? Because their coaches are recruiting the fuck out of them, even if they're yes. not playing while they're still on the roster. And that's just something you have to do in this day and age. So if they can get an answer through that route, great. 
It's probably not going to happen. You're going to have to find it internally. And between Collinsworth, the hypothetical Mets situation, if they can figure that out, yeah. you know, there are options here. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to get them. And like, I went back and I watched cut up, cut ups, basically every offensive play for Central Michigan for three different games this year. The thing that really stood out to me about them was how cohesive the offense was. Like in terms of structure and personnel, it wasn't that different from what you see as running. Right. But it just fits better. Mm. Like their running game is more cohesive. Like they ran, they just fucking bash Missouri over the head with a stick for four quarters with their offensive line. And that's against an SEC defensive line. Yeah. A bad one, but yeah. still but relatively SEC, talented. I mean, we're talking about we talking about Central Michigan and, and Missouri, that's still a, a, a wide gap of talent differential. Yeah, they um, ran for like 250 yards on them for like yeah. 6.5 per carry. So like that's good stuff. But like the thing that is most intriguing to me in terms of how I think about how this offense is going to come together is that Mike Denbrock lived in two worlds. Yeah. He lived in yeah. a spread world and he had a power world. Right. So, you know, power running game, inside zone, a little bit of counter, a little bit of Dave, a.k.a. power. Um, some, you know, some quick pitch, same side run stuff. So, like, he had counters onto his main stuff, but it was a pretty basic inside zone scheme that has been run for the last 40 years. Right. And then he had a spread side. But the spread side and the power side did not talk. Right. So you kind of give up the game in terms of down and distance, situation, area of the field, personnel, a smart defensive staff, a.k.a. Alabama, they're going to know exactly what's coming. Oh, absolutely. So what I like about the Central Michigan offense for the last couple of years is, like, it's not my favorite brand of offense. Um, I just don't think they offered enough in the passing game. And I think, you know, Gino has the ability to, to provide a little bit more there. But both – like, there was there was cohesion because you could – they actually used their running ability to generate passes, big passes, through play action, which yeah. is not something that UC has done in the last couple of years. Not a lot. And, and, and you know, Mike Cummings, he was a, a office coordinator like we talked about, um, which will help Gino as well. And he, he's big on the running game. So he can help with the running game, getting that cohesive. Gino and him can work on the passing game along with our Brown, who's the passing now passing game coordinator. I believe they can work together. Um, Gino and, and Luke must have fought to keep Brown around. They must really like him. They really want to keep him. So, yeah, yeah. I see that that's a cohesive unit. Let's get to our defense. Uh, a couple of changes there that we we was uh, privy to get, um, you know, information. Uh, Callan Hitchler, first of all, let's talk about him real quick. Got the co-defensive coordinator role. Uh I was not expecting it. I'm for sure you wasn't. Uh, well, I don't know. Eventually, in terms of how I picture succession plans, mm -hmm. I always figured he was kind of the next one up. When Marcus okay. left, he was not quite ready to take over No, the full role yet, right? right. So you bring in Mike Trestle. And I think Trestle did a good job this year. I think he really added a lot to their pressure packages. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that Marcus didn't have good pressure packages. I just think that Trestle's knowledge of hot blitzes, so basically sending mm -hmm. six and defending with five zone players, 
which is something that Michigan State was notorious for. Like nobody could figure out how to beat that look um, for years, and they still really can't. So like he brought that aspect of, which was really effective. Um, but like especially against Houston, continue. <laughs> yeah, it, but I like I think you got to kind of, like if you're a head coach, you have succession planning is a big part of the job, right? Like. So this is my defensive coordinator now. You can't always assume that this guy is going to be there forever, that he's a lifer for you, that he's going to be there whenever you need him to be. That's not that's not how this profession works, right? Right? Like if somebody comes to Mike Trussell and is like, here's a million dollars to coordinate our defense. Uh, hey, Luke, I got a million dollar offer. Can you like 750? Can we get 750? No? Okay. Right. Um, I'm going to double my salary. Exactly. I'm going to go ahead and get this million right quick. And- and yeah, I mean, you get the bag. You get right. the bag. Absolutely. So, like, that's the job. Right. So you have to be able to kind of have some succession planning built into that. And I think Hitch is eventually going to call, be the Bearcats defensive coordinator, whether that's next year, two years from now, three years from now, I don't know, or whether he has to go elsewhere to find that opportunity. But they are grooming him for that defensive coordinator role, just like they yeah. groomed Gino for a couple of years for that offensive coordinator role. I, I really thought it might have been Mason, but, you know, of course. But Hitchler, I guess, is not, you know, if, if you if you paid attention, it's probably not that surprising. I thought it was going to be Mason. And then, you know, you have, uh, you know, but he left went with Mason, with Freeman, which is not surprising. That was Freeman's guy. Um, yeah, I mean, like, they, they kind of, those are probably the three biggest architects of this defense in terms of right. the structure of it, and especially that sniper slash dollar position. Yeah. I mean, those three guys were really instrumental in terms of creating that position. Not that it's not that you're creating a new position out of whole cloth, but the way that they structure it and the way that they kind of delegate the responsibilities of that position is slightly different than what you see in most schemes. Like right. most schemes have, they run a four, two, five, not a three, two, six, which is right. essentially what you see runs. And right. like, I, I get annoyed with semantics, um, and people continuing to call it a three, three, five stack. And it's just like, no, the three, three, five stack was linebackers behind the linemen. Yeah. That's yeah. what West Virginia ran forever. Um, what UC does is not that it's, it's similar in that there are three down linemen, but it's not the like, same. There's a tweener and they purposefully recruit tweeners for that role. Like, it's like, I want to find the guy who's not quite a linebacker, not quite a safety. And I'm going to put him there. But is also my smartest football player. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's Jarrell White. Jarrell White was yeah, that's true. incredibly yes. football smart. Deshaun Pace's his instincts are incredible. I, I Deshaun Pace next year. I don't know how much longer you can not start Deshaun Pace. I I I like I like uh you know um Van Fossen. Van Fossen, I really do. And I honestly Van Fossen may serve us better as a true linebacker. Uh, He's got to gain like 30 pounds. Yeah, I know. I know. But because, but, you know, but we bring but it's in. also like, you're also going to have to go to Van Fossen and be like, hey, um, yeah, you're not good enough for what you're doing. And that's a tough conversation. It to is. Have. I'm not saying he's not it, good it is, enough. Pace is no, just. No, but it's just like, hey, you're good. Right. This guy is a different level <laughs> right like it's it's the same conversation that they had to have with cam jeffries yeah 
when yeah. Sauce took his job. Yeah. Because it's just like, hey, you you were good for two years. You did what we asked. You 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 played the role. He's better. He's just better. <laughs> just better. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, so like, and that's yeah. like, I think there is a role for Van Fossen on this defense, whether that's as a package situational player like Hugo right. was this year. I don't know. Like that could be it. Like there are a, a myriad of different ways that you can get him involved, but I don't think, like, I don't think a snap count is going to change. Right. I think he'll still play probably, you know, 30, 40 snaps a game. Um, but like pace again to the point where you just can't take him off the field. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and, you know, now you got his brother coming in who by all accounts is, is a smaller version like that. <laughs> like they play very similarly. It's a shorter it's version. Shorter, shorter, a, not is, sorry, shorter version. Yeah, he's more aggra- like he's, in the, he's more aggressive as well than than like his brother's aggressive, but 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 uh his his what's his older brother name? Uh, Ivan. Ivan, yeah, Ivan. Ivan Pace is more aggressive than his little brother, and his little brother is aggressive. <laughs> no, I, I like. I think so. Ivan is gonna be in that uh, DeBlanco role. Yeah, where you kind of marshal in the defense. He's, I don't know, five ten, two two thirty. They say six foot. They say six foot. Yeah, come you on, know. <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, my 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 high school coach said I was five ten. <laughs> was only off by five inches. <laughs> they said I was six one, and I was they were off by an inch. I'm definitely six foot. It was like so. I get it. I they got my weight. They got my weight right. I was two hundred pounds on the on the fucking dot. That was right. They gave me a couple inches though. But no, and and I'm very excited about this defense now. Um, you know, we we can look at the main position. So we lost Mace, who uh, just so I read something on Twitter where all of a sudden at Arkansas State they hired a different defensive line, and the person they hired beforehand was Walt Stewart. So I don't know. What's happening? Maybe we're getting them. Maybe we're not. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think that is a f- unofficially official. Maybe. I, I read. That. I read. Like I said, I, I don't. I would I, like to have them. I really would. Um, if 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 you are reading between the tea leaves, it is a very strong suspicion that Walter Stewart is coming home. Yes. So that would be great. So we have to consider that we'll have Walt Stewart. We're going to definitely have Kerry Combs. That's that's you know written that in stone. One's, that one's done, done. Yeah, and we we we're going to have Trestle all on the same defense. That's a lot of energy. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that works itself out during the games. Um, Trestle and Combs on the same defense alone is a lot, a yeah. lot to deal with. Um, it'll be loud. I, it will. It'll. It, <laughs> And a lot of jumping and 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 flexing and uh um high fives. Uh you know yes. <laughs> combs, 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 combs. Um uh, okay. Uh so like he is there there are positives and negatives to any coach. Yes, like that's exactly. just kind of is what it is. Yes, like I do I think that he is was he wildly overqualified for the role that he had at Iowa State this year? Oh, or underqualified? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think his ability to structure a defense has really 
But okay, let's put it this way. His tendencies in terms of how he wants to structure his defense have not really evolved since like 2000. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah. And that's that's fine at the high school level where this is not Texas. You know, Ohio like the spread is not king. No. So you can get away with running a 4-4-3 and it'll be fine. <laughs> you you can run cover 3, cover 1 all you want. Right. Right. That's fine. Because in Ohio, Ohio love their running backs. Ohio high school love their running backs. But if you're gonna <laughs> call defense for a school that can recruit anybody, can get anybody, right. can run anything, right? You can't run a 20 year old defense. No. But like in his role as a quarter cornerbacks coach, it's fine. And, and like right. I've seen people like really getting into the critiquing the technique of Ohio State's defensive backs. It's like the scheme that they run is not the scheme that will be run here. Yeah, I agree like with that. The, 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 the secondary coach, your cornerbacks coach, does not dictate what the structure of the coverage is. Right. That's the defensive coordinators. We're not going to change the structure of the defense. And because of that, this defense is going to be a little rough next year. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of pass interference flags. I'm just oh, telling you now. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. ready for it. There's going to be a lot of them. Hopefully they 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 uh adopt um Garner's method of wearing the 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 changing the uh the color the of the gloves, gloves to match the color yeah. of the jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that should change. I don't know how many people picked up on that this year, but like if you did not notice this, I encourage you to go back and find highlights of every single game. You will see the defensive backs wearing gloves, the color of the jersey of the yeah. team they're playing. Absolutely. Yeah. And nobody said nothing about it. And it annoyed the fuck out of me because, like, if you're wearing all black, your gloves have to be black. Like, I'm that kind of guy. Like, I used to work. (laughs) I did retail. Like, you got to match. Right. And then, like, the second game, it's like, oh. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. No, it was, it was, uh, so somebody, I can't believe, somebody was either interviewing or something when they're like, hey, you should just wear the color gloves of the, uh, of the team right and it was like oh i might try that and they did it and they just kept doing it so uh yeah i it, it seemed to work uh, hopefully they adopted so that it won't be as bad now shepherd i don't know what happened in, in that memphis game but they hated shepherd uh those <laughs> those refs they did not like him uh but no i i think i think combs will be fine um combs yeah, I mean, is like not you're, knowledgeable you're asking enough. him to Right. execute a role right it's like this is the scheme this is the structure this is the coverage right. shells that we run out of this is he's how knowledgeable we play. enough he's a, yeah he's he, can, coaching forever. he can do it like right. he he played in the nfl where if you're not doing fucking press cover one you're dead and the only reason he left was for more money uh you know and 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 he's loved ohio state for some odd reason he obviously you know, well, I, um, I think there are NFL coaches and there are college coaches. He's right. very clearly a college coach. Right. Like if you are a college coach, you can coach in the NFL for a while. But if you do not have the like the 100 percent professional. Attitude and energy. Meyer, mm-hmm. you're not you're going to wear your you're going to wear your your yeah. your uh, welcome. You're welcome yeah. out really quickly. Especially if you're with the same organization for the entire time. Like if you if you're jumping from team to team to team all the time, 
you can get away with it. Right. But like, if you're at the same, if you're in the same building with these people for three years and you're not going to treat them as professionals and you're and jumping colleagues, around, and you, which and is you, what they are, and you spinning in circles and, yeah, and you like screaming, it's not going to, yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to work. They're just right. going to tune you up. Right. Um. So yeah, like he's much better suited to the college game. I think he'll be fine as a cornerbacks coach. Yeah. Um. I think he'll be fine as a special teams coordinator. I think special yeah. teams will be outstanding. He's he's an actually an outstanding special teams coach. Like yes. I, that's really where his talent is as far as coaching goes. Is special teams to me. Uh, I was t- I was actually talking and people was like to me. Kerry Combs is Kerry Combs is not a coordinator. He's either going to be in charge of everything or you give him a position. Because to me, Kerry Combs he's a leader. He can be a leader of men. You just give him two good coordinators, and I think he'll be fine as a co-head coach. I I I would never put him in a coordinator position himself, as you can see. No, I don't, think, State. I don't think he's a, um, I don't think he's a scheme guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but definitely, you give him a position, give him the special teams. He's going to thrive. He can focus on recruiting, get us some good players, uh, get them DBs together. We'll be all right. Um, I, I think that this team next year, like I said, this defense is going to be interesting next year. Uh, because of we're losing our just, amazing DBs. They're uh, <laughs> getting more people back in terms of guys right. who are coming back for the COVID year. So they're still going to have Bush. They're still going to have right. Hicks. They're still going to have Van and Taylor. And that's going to help kind right. of bridge the gap between those guys and the monsters that they recruited in 2019 and 2020, right. 2021. Right. Um, so, yeah, like those young guys are going to start coming through now. Like, right. and You're if they don't, that's back, a, yeah. If they don't, that's a bigger, that's a bigger problem. Yeah, um, that's the development issue, which the whole other conversation. I think. I, I think this year is going to be a lot like 2019 in terms of. Not that you're going to necessarily win 10 games again. That'd be great. I don't right. think it's going to. You don't think they're going to be today, able to win today? I'm not betting on 10. Okay, so real quick, I'm not. I want to go through the whole schedule at all. I'm trying to think of the three games you think they're going to drop. Um, Arkansas, Arkansas, Houston, ECU. Or you uh, I, I think Arkansas is one. I think UCF is going to be much better defensively and is yeah. going to um, kind of be a better, just a better well-rounded offensive team, mm-hmm. um, whether that's with Mikey Keene or with the other guy who, who transferred in his name, I fucking forgot. Um, oh, John Reese, John Rice Plumley from. Oh yeah, yeah, the really fast kid who happens to be at a somewhat. Yeah, he's actually yeah. perfect for what Gus, Gus Malzahn wants to do. I mean, yeah. Gus historically, if you do not have a running quarterback in that position, his offenses are terrible. Um, yeah, like the guy literally wrote the book on the hurry up no huddle, the, yeah. like the the spread revolution. Like he literally wrote the book on it, um, and like for as long as he's been, like there, are, like you can count on a hand the number of pocket passers who have done very well with him right it, it's like the the one dude from tulsa yeah uh back in 2009 smith gosh. i think smith was it i gotta look it up it's been since a long time ago a lot but of the one the one year there was at tulsa with todd graham and her hand like that was an interest that's I'm getting distracted. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's just, yeah. on, on your own time, right. look up that staff. It right. was a really interesting staff. Right. Okay. Um, right. 
but yeah, like he's had one really successful pocket passer, but otherwise okay. if the quarterback is not a running threat, their offense doesn't go. Okay. So they're going to have him in. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Mikey Keene transfers out. Like so, the, the, you're saying the Castellanos kid that they recruited. Yeah. Um, everybody in the SEC wanted him as a running back, but it'll be a quarterback for them. So like, I think they're going to be better offensively and that defense was pretty good. So I think UCF and it's at, my understanding is that they're going to run back last year's schedule, which is, gosh. but flipping home and yeah, away. I don't like it. Cause then we're playing, who is it? Tulsa three years in a row, but anyway. Well, yeah, but they hate us. So we'll finally get to go to Tulsa. <laughs> They'll be happy about that. Um, I, I don't think Tulsa Maybe. is one of them. I think Arkansas is one of them. I, I think it's Arkansas, UCF, and, and then they'll drop one a toss random, up. Yeah, they'll drop a random game just because they're a really young team. Gotcha. And like UC's Desmond Ritter's record in one score games is fucking ridiculous. How though? Like he, he lost just, like three of them. He was it, like fifteen and three. He has this thing where he just zones in. He's like, I'm not going to lose. And he'll take the team on his back. He'll run 15 yards, make some miraculous throw that nobody knew he could throw. <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, that was amazing, and it was fun. Yeah. It's not sustainable. No. Winning 80% of your one-score games over three years, eventually that trend is going to come home, and it is going to suck. Yeah. So it'll probably be this year where they – drop a random game and like it could be more than that depending on how how you know how the offensive like there is a lot more talent on this team than i was anticipating on new year's eve in terms of who was coming back i think there's you got, a lot you got both tight talent, ends period you uh, got all your receivers except for mike yeah. young and, and alec pierce uh, yeah yeah you do have to replace your room for it um but Central Michigan just had a freshman running back that no one had ever heard of rush for 1,800 yards with that offensive line coach. And we will and, – and here's the thing. We're probably going to come back in a couple of weeks, and we're probably going to break down this roster um, and, and truly get into it because I am very interested in this roster. I, yeah. I, I, I There's this I, – I have this excitement about this roster. Not like they're going to be amazing, but just no, by but the sheer talent and intrigue. I, I think – I think Luke Fickle enjoyed the last couple of years. Right. Because you have to enjoy the success. And he, like he is flat out said, I don't enjoy success very well. Right. That like that tracks with every wrestler I know in my life. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of how they're wired. Because you're so, always looking that you always look at the next thing. You're always but I think he's yeah. going to enjoy this build process with this new group of guys. Yeah. Who's and this is the other thing to keep in mind, like the core of the team that just made history, these guys recruited in 2017 and 2018. Yeah. Uh, that's a long time. Their recruiting has jumped multiple notches. Yeah. So your base level of talent is much higher now than it was at the start of this run. That doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to have the same level of success next year. But in two, three years, those guys are going to be coming into their Kobe seasons and their yeah. Saw seasons. And, and you're going to have guys sooner. coming through. Yeah. Just because they're I mean, like, you more just talented, don't know. typically. Uh, here's the thing about this. And I, Fickle, he loves the underdog. Fickle recruits the underdog. That was his specialty when he recruited at Ohio State. Uh, 
you know, and and he still cruised them a lot for UC. UC is almost like a safe haven for the underdog. Like, oh, they don't think you're good enough. Well, come over here. We think you're good enough. We see the talent in you, right? <laughs> and they get them. And 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 so, you know, for me, Luke Fickle's going to be excited about this because he gets the opportunity, right, to to once again prove this is what I do. This is, you know, um, this is what I'm good at. And so, you know, it's going to be a great, interesting, intriguing, fun year. It's not going to be in the same mode as, like you said, this past year, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a very fun year. Well, and it's it's going to be fun, and there's no pressure. Exactly. It's like, no, like literally no one expects anything from this team. No. Like the early over-unders will put probably have you see it like a, an eight and a half. Yeah. Out of 12. I'll take it's like over, a reasonable yeah. number. And like, I'm going to bet, <laughs> I will bet the over if hmm. it's, if, it, if it's legal in Ohio by then, which it should be, um, I mean, you know, it's like March Madness. It's got to be ready for March Madness. If it's not, they're really dumb. They're F's because so many states are making so much money from this gambling thing. And Ohio's just sitting here. You know, that's a whole nother conversation. You know, we're going to go into, we're going to have our gambling conversation one of these days. <laughs> um, another day. Another day. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what we got here for today. Our coaching's, um, you know, changing whatnot. If we, if something else comes, we do get Walt. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks when, if, you know, if it happens, like you said, and whoever. Whoever ends up being the tight ends coach, whoever can, we'll have that conversation. Po- possibly a guy who made the most iconic play in school history. Possibly, possibly. we don't. Yeah, he's he, he's he recruiting is, he, out. He's out. He, recruiting. he is recruiting. They don't so, have guys you know, on staff, so yeah, you know, uh, could could be him. You know, we'll find out, and we'll also talk about the players that we received and just kind of what we expect from them and what's new. Thank you guys once again for tuning in with us. We will be back later.